everybody. Thanks for listening to mommy. Wish I could turn the switch on. Leave it on all day, on day long. Get it tattooed on my arm just because they told me not to. Wish I could turn you all off. Saying it without going soft. But we all know that I'm not one to tell you you have got to. Chill, feel it, take it, break it, make it what you want. Lose it, choose it, find it, mind it, lose it, use it out. Hi, everybody, born. and welcome to the 1 in 59 podcast. My name is Amanda, and I am so excited that you're here today to join us for our very first podcast. We are so excited to get started on this journey, and we hope that all of you will join us along the way. So I will get to the reason behind the name in just a minute, but first I want to tell you a little bit about me and my family. Um, Like I said, my name is Amanda, and my husband Nathan and I have been married for just over seven years, and we have two boys together. Elijah is five and a half, and Micah will be three in just a couple of months. Uh, Our first son, Elijah, is um, full of energy, life, and one of the happiest kids you'll ever meet. And Micah is also lovable and sweet, um, but has also been a bit of a challenge. And recently, my husband and I have ventured down the autism road of discovery. About nine months ago was probably the first time autism ever really entered my mind in regards to Micah's, I would say, uh, behaviors uh, that we were noticing around the house and among other kids and families. And so we started researching autism just a little bit, um, nothing too intense. But as the months went by and the realization started sinking in that, you know, he turned two, he wasn't talking, and there was a lot of other signs. So the more and more that this, I would say, came to light, the more and more I started researching online, Um, which brings me to the name, the One in 59 podcast. For many of you, it may seem obvious why we chose that name, but for some of you, it may come as a surprise, as it did to us, that the CDC estimates that one in 59 children is being diagnosed with autism. This is an insane, insane number that caught me so much by surprise, Um, my husband as well, and we were blown away by the fact that one in every 59 children has the chance or likelihood even to develop autism. To put this in perspective, you could consider this one child out of every two standard classrooms across America, or one child per every football team, or let's let's even go bigger. This would be over 1,100 people at a sold-out Patriots game. That is insane. And why didn't I know this? So for those of you who don't know, the CDC releases a survey. I think it's about every four years with the autism rates in the U.S. And their most recent poll was just released in April of 2018. Ironically, the same month that I was, you know, really digging into autism, really doing a lot of research online. So this information I would consider is as up-to-date as it can be, and while the CDC may or may not be the best source of information to go to for a lot of things, I thought that this was a pretty solid number, a respected number, and a well-known number uh, to go with. So 1 in 59, and again, that number is so important to me because it it puts into perspective how many people and families and individuals and friends are probably on this autism journey with us. So once the number sunk in, once I could actually wrap my head around the fact that one in 59 children was being diagnosed with autism, the next thing that hit me so hard was, 
where are all these kids? Where are all these people, right? I don't know any autistic children in my life, in my circle of friends, um, in my family. I don't, I don't personally know any. Of course, now I have my own son that I know quite well. But up until then, I didn't really come in contact with many autistic individuals. So that number surprised me so much because it seems like you should be, you know, every time you go to the grocery store or to a baseball game or anywhere that you should be running into not just one, but a handful of, you know, autistic people. And I just... Maybe I'm blind, maybe I'm oblivious, but I just didn't feel like that number was representative for the people that I knew and met during my everyday life. And I think there's a few reasons for that, um, but it really struck home to me that these people are out there um, and probably like me, they may be feeling alone and they may want somewhere to go and they may need help and they may need a community like I do. So once I knew, I would say in my heart, that uh, my child, Micah, was most likely autistic. I did what probably most parents do. I started digging. You know, I got on Amazon and ordered about 15 books. I spent hours and hours and hours on the internet, scouring, looking, um, even Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, official government websites, blogs. I was putting my feelers out everywhere I could to find information about autism. And I wasn't really even looking for any specific direction or way of thinking or anything like that. I wanted all the information I could find and study and read and think about and digest so that I would be able to figure out what next step I wanted to take for my son. Throughout this process, um, I honestly started to feel uh, very, very lonely, surprisingly. Um, And that's where that number came around and struck me again, right? One in 59 people are autistic or on the spectrum in some way, shape, or form. That means a lot of families are affected, a lot of people are affected, and I didn't feel like I could find them. So I felt very, very lonely, right? Um, So I would get on YouTube and search autism characteristics, stimming, you know, whatever keywords I could think of. And I would search them on YouTube, on Google, on Instagram. And I just didn't feel like I was coming up with a lot of information. Um, I wasn't seeing a lot of useful footage. I wasn't um, finding a lot of helpful I guess I just wasn't really finding what I was looking for. And I can't necessarily even tell you what I was looking for, um, but I knew that I wasn't finding it. And this got very, very lonely and it's a very heavy burden to bear. And I'm sure a lot of families experience what my husband and I experienced was that we weren't necessarily on the same page. So while I was saying, I think something's off with Micah. I think we need to start looking into autism. My husband's response would be, I think he's fine. I think we should give him another six months. Don't forget, Eli talked late too. Don't forget, Eli also lined up his toys. Uh, Don't forget, Elijah's also very hyper. And so I felt like while I was um, almost like closing myself into a shell in the autism community, you know, in the autism world with all of this information I had going around in my head that my husband was pretty confident that everything was going to work out and we would just be fine and I was overreacting. 
Um, and that's not to say anything bad about my husband. It's just that we were in different places as far as what we thought was going on with our son. And I think that is true for a lot of couples um, that I am finding that the husbands, you know, are, have more of a, a fix it mentality or it'll be okay mentality or, you know, they're the comforter. And, you know, when their wife comes to them afraid, their initial response is to, you know, it's okay, honey, it'll be all right. Right. And um, in this situation, I, I just, I knew in my gut, my motherly instinct, I guess you would call it that everything wasn't quite okay. Um, and so there was a long time where it was just very lonely. I felt like I was alone in my journey and my searching and my learning and my um, observing of my own child of taking notes and I felt like I couldn't find any help on the internet. Um, and I know that's so strange because there are big organizations out there like, you know, Autism Speaks and, um, you know, there, there's other things to fundraising communities and all these things. You know, you hear about autism and you see the puzzle pieces and you see the specific license plates. And, you know, I myself has, have done a, a 4K walk for autism, but I didn't really understand it and I didn't understand the sheer magnitude and widespread effect it was having on the people in society, right? In in this world, we are people of this world. And this is a real thing that a lot of people are going through. So I just couldn't find them, really. I know I'm, I'm, I'm babbling a little bit, but it's a, I kind of wanted to just bring you along on this journey about how and why we are here. Um, and that's really the main reason that we wanted to start this podcast is in a hopes that if there are other moms and dads or family members or even individuals out there that are looking for, um, honestly, just some camaraderie, even somebody out there that has been there or is currently on this journey with you. We're asking the same questions. We're looking for the same answers that we can do it together. And to tell you that you are not alone, even though this journey seems so lonely, you are not alone in this. All right. So that is all I have to say today. We wanted to keep it pretty short today for our first episode. I just wanted to start off by telling you a little bit about me and my family and specifically our son, Micah, and why we are starting this journey and why we hope that you come along with us. Thank you so much for being here and we hope that you check back with us next time.